and welcome to the podcast John's Time. I'm Jonathan. I'm here with Mo today. Um, I'm just going to let Mo go ahead and t- say what he wants to say. My name's Mo. Um, I used to study at UWE. Um, I graduated and I have like a degree in illustration. In terms of relevancy to this topic, I used to work at a um, like an exotics pet shop when I lived back in Manchester. I worked there part-time for two years at college and uh, kind of beginnings of my love and interest in exotic pets. This topic today is reptiles, as Mo said. I think we should just jump straight into it. So Mo, you said you worked in a shop with reptiles. Was that your first introduction to reptiles? Or? No, I've always I've always loved lizards ever since I was a little kid. Um, they were my favourite animal. Um, and I think a lot of that was due to just things like growing up. Like when I was really, really, really little, um, I used to play a lot of Spyro. And mm. I was really into anything with a dragon in it. And like anything <laughs> scaly, I was like, wow, that's amazing. Because it's just so different and alien to like everything else you know. Especially in the UK where you don't really see reptiles. It's all just like exactly. dogs and cats and squirrels. And I'm like, that's boring. And I see something <laughs> scaly and I'm like, wow, it's so weird and alien. Well, you might see like a cat destroy a slow worm. Yeah. Well, see, I'm from like suburban Manchester, so I didn't even get that. There ain't, ain't no lizards in the wild there. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, like, yeah, I would play, like, Spyro a lot and just be like, wow, like, what a cool, like, how cool to be, like, scaly and reptilian. And so I kind of just, like, loved lizards because they were, like, as cl- the closest you could get to anything like a dragon. But you don't only keep, like, reptiles. You also, Don't you keep insects as well? Last time we talked, you had hissing cockroaches. Uh, I used to keep insects and it's something I'm going to keep again. Um, but, yeah, I, I see, I never was into bugs when I was little just because it was a lot of general like you get taught this kind of phobia of bugs ever since you're like a child um that was something i grew to love when i started working at the pet shop so i i started working at this pet shop during college because i got my first ever pet lizard when i was 16 from my 16th birthday i came home from school and my mom and i'd had like a bad day at school so and i was like oh it's my birthday but i've had kind of a bad cheer day. you up with a lizard and she was like why don't you go upstairs and there's a present waiting for you so I'm like, oh okay and i wandered upstairs and there was this tank in my room and i didn't see what was in it yet but i was like there's a tank in my room what if your mom had just got you completely wrong and like you started crying and screaming i know i mean like <laughs> She bought me like a, another hamster. That's another thing. Like before, I had any lizards. I had hamsters, and I hated them. <laughs> oh yeah, they're vicious. I just man, I just I can't fuck with like little furry things. Um, actually, a nightmare. So what are you doing right now? You're not working with reptiles. No, I haven't worked with reptiles in a very long time. I work at just like a toy shop, mostly just because like Bristol is kind of shot on a lot of like pet shops and it's hard to get a job at one i was very lucky getting a job where i did in manchester because it just happened to be right down the road and it was only just opening so they needed people so i managed yeah. to apply at the right time and just was like just i don't know just like charismatic enough in the interview that they were like yeah you seem like you can look after lizards <laughs> you've got one lizard but i'm sure you can look after 70 <laughs> It's like such a weird like community in the fact that so there's it's actually quite large. People would be surprised by how large it is, but there is such a lack of jobs for it. Because like most pet shops are very small, kind of like family-owned businesses, or you know, mm. just like a couple friends. Like they're very small businesses that have the same people working for them for years. So there's never job openings because people will just spend their entire lives working at this one pet shop. Um, 
And so, yeah, it's super hard to get, like, jobs in, like, relevant to it if if you don't want to go into breeding, which is something I've got, like, kind of hot opinions about anyway. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I, I didn't used to have, like, hot opinions on it, as you described it, but, like, recently I've kind of been, like, radicalising my, well, not radicalising myself, <laughs> but, like, sitting down and be- putting, like, my morals into order of, like, yeah. this is what I agree with, this is what I don't agree with. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so, what... What type of things would you like to keep at one point? I know you keep. Do you you keep a a royal python right now? I, the only thing I've got at the minute is my royal python. Um, <laughs> I used to have a few more things, but at the minute because I've moved into quite a small house, so I'm very limited for what I can own. So I've got my royal python downstairs, but I do plan on getting. I'm getting more into insects recently. Um, because they're smaller and they're and like therefore like I can actually keep them in my house. And also like I've just really fallen in love with insects and bugs. <laughs> Like, it's really? strange because I've been going on like the same kind of like way at the moment. <laughs> I've been looking into like um stag beetles and all that, but I was like, I don't, I don't have anywhere that I could keep them at the moment because I'm living in one room with and in my parents' house. Yeah, so yeah. like the other day, I was like, I need, I feel the need to like care for something. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so I got myself um sea monkeys. Oh, excellent! <laughs> like a little, so they're up there. They're they came alive, which is good. Excellent, but, that's good. Yeah, so, sorry, completely off topic. Um, <laughs> for someone just starting out, what would you recommend? I have like a small list. Obviously, I've never kept anything, but I kind of research into it. Yeah, but I, I say, would like to hear what you say. There's like there's always the obviouses, but the reason they're obviouses for a reason. Um, so I think lizards, um. I'd say like I'd say bearded dragons and leopard geckos, but I don't want to say it's hard for me to say like oh they're easy. No reptile is easy to keep. Yeah. I think that's important to say. It's like it's you know it's no animal in general is easy to keep. I think, you know I think um yeah it goes for a dog the same like if you have to make sure yeah like dog dogs are even more effort. My flatmate has a dog and like um. And like they they're kind of like waiting to give their dog back to their mum and they're like, I've convinced them that they need a millipede instead, basically. Like if here's you, if you want something really easy, millipede. <laughs> Get a millipede. That's easy. Um but in terms of reptiles, the starter pets are always considered things like bearded dragons and leopard geckos. But it all depends on what you want personally from an animal and what you are personally willing to put up with or do. Um because they're like they can be difficult for different reasons. So like bearded dragons require more space, um, because they are a bigger lizard. They do require like a minimum of like a four foot vivarium as an adult. Um, but they're not just terrestrial, are they? Like they'll climb up rocks and things. So you need that as well. I want to put some logs in there because if you give them the opportunity to climb, they'll take it. Um, and mm. it's not about. What you gotta remember with these animals is it's not about oh what does it need to survive it's like what does it need to thrive, um, and I think people like don't realize that with these animals it's like oh it's got the essentials it's got like oh food water heat and it's like yeah but what makes its life worth living and ha- what makes it happy not just alive you know if I just had yeah. food shelter and like water or whatever I'd be alive but I'd be sad <laughs> like I need more in my life to make me happy and the same goes for these animals you know you need to provide them things you need to provide them something interesting you need to interact with them you know get them out now and again let them explore let them run around um 
and you know keep their diet interesting move around their vivarium now and again just to mix things up um you know because uh, a lot of people don't realize that just because you get a pet doesn't mean that that pet was was like born for you like no that animal should be in technically was born to be in the wild so give it what it needs to thrive yeah if you try and simulate that environment as much as you can um and so so with bitter dragons you need quite like a, a big amount large amount of space but the reason they're quite good is they're quite good for a lot of they're quite um they're quite hardy animals like if you like have a mess up so say if like your bulb blows and you can't get another bulb until tomorrow it'll be okay most likely like get a bulb as fast as you can but you can probably leave it a day and it'll be fine um like they're quite forgiving with like little mess ups so if you're like worried that you're like oh your bulb might blow or you know just something in the enclosure isn't going right they're very hardy animals they're built to survive and also they're quite hardy in terms of handling you can pet them you can stroke them usually obviously depends on bearded dragon to bearded dragon but you can pick them up they're very solid very like hardy animals you know if they like I had one that used to crawl across my bed and if she slipped off my bed, she was fine. Like, you know, she's hardy. Um, but they require, you know, a lot of space and they also require, you know, they require um, both veg- like both vegetables and live insects. Um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're omnivores, omnivores aren't they? and they need a very like balanced diet. On the other hand, you get leopard geckos. They're good because they require a little less room. I'd still try and give it like a decent, like decent sized environment but they don't require like a big long viv um and they're also smaller pets so you know if you just don't have the room for a big old bearded dragon there's a leopard gecko i personally have always been a little bit funny with leopard geckos because i like an animal that i can pick up and i know i'm not gonna like hurt it but leopard geckos don't have scales do they really it's more of a skin no it's almost like a thin skin they're quite delicate really I think the good thing about leopards is they're quite slow as well. Like they're quite slow and they're very, very cute. Um, but they're one of those things that you don't really pet it like that. They don't like really being touched a lot. You might give them like, if you've got like a really, really like good docile, like good handling leopard gecko, you can give it like head scratches and stuff. But they don't really like being like touched on the top of them. Well, you've got the risk of, you've got the risk of them dropping their tails, don't you? Where there is a risk I, of them dropping their tails, yeah. I know in, in, um, in bearded dragons... I, am I right in saying they can drop their tails, but it's very no. Rare. They don't drop their tails. Um, the only time that it will only due to be something going wrong that they'll miss it, they'll lose a tail. They get something sometimes called tail rot, which is um, uh, where like if they get like either something like trapped shed can just cut off the circulation, or they get it like slammed in something. Just if they get there, if it's some sort of damage happens to their tail, um, it starts to die at the end, and it slowly goes through the tail and if you don't get that you usually have to go and get that tail amputated as soon as possible because if you let it spread it can kill your bearded dragon because it's the rock well their, their tail is a is their spine isn't there their tail is a part of their spine so that'll affect them wouldn't it but that's usually very rare and you can see it happening it's just you go to the vet as soon as you catch it because that was happening with my um with my sister-in-law she was like oh the tail's looking kind of like dead and crusty i was like go to the vet don't panic but do go to the vet it'll probably need it amputated and then it'll be fine after that <laughs> um it's probably just got some sort of damage happened to its tail at some point um but yeah back to leopard geckos they require not as much space but they also like i think a lot of the issues people get with leopard geckos is there's this big debate as to what substrate does it live on um because some people like swear by like really fine fine sand 
some people swear by like nothing no loose substrate it has to exist on like paper towels or like some people say reptile carpet and I don't want to say like I have the answers because I don't but I personally I've always preferred um I'd say if it's a baby if you want to play it safe put it on paper towel um just make sure you change that paper towel like as often as you can uh, make sure it's clean because they are quite young and you don't want them because these the reason they get there is this big debate is because they can become impacted if they devour too much of their mm. substrate that like can happen for any lizard but i think leopard geckos are kind of renowned for that um well not even just in lizards right it can happen in snakes and yeah other animals i think well. it's less common with snakes because they're usually like good at kind of getting bits off whatever they're yeah. eating but especially with like lizards because they're usually eating from the ground um and um and so i think an adult leopard gecko should be fine on really really mm. fine sand well that's that's what they're on in the wild isn't there because they're from afghanistan and that area aren't they yeah it's more natural for them i think the issue with like paper towel and i hate reptile carpet reptile carpet is like so crap is that you can't dig in it. They love to dig and, you know, they need the opportunity to dig and you need the opportunity to simulate this real environment, this, like, natural environment that they're meant to live in and feels natural for them. So I can, I think with a baby, I can understand um, just because they're quite small and so there's, like, those grains of sand can be kind of bigger for them to try and digest. And then as they get older, I think it's also just paying attention to your animal individually. If you find that it's, it's not very good with, like, eating and it keeps eating the sand, then it's up to you to make that kind of educated decision. Okay, do I take it off sand then? But if you find that your lizard's perfectly fine and is very good at like not digesting its sand, well, like whilst it's eating and like not missing its food and just getting the cricket without getting a chunk of sand, then you can make that educated decision decision to keep it on sand. It's just about paying attention to your animal and like just being involved with it and kind of realising what works and what doesn't work. I think this is where a lot of people have the misconception that that reptiles are, like, extremely, like, different from any other animal. But, like, at the end of the day, if my dog went out into the garden and just ate stones, like, <laughs> yeah. I would do something to stop her eating stones. The same way... You'd either, like, find a way to stop eating stones or remove the stones from exactly. the environment, you know? Exactly. Like, and you just need that kind of... You know, you need to realise that with... Um, with a lot of your animals like i recently changed the substrate for my snake so i was like this substrate isn't right for my snake and i think it needs like a little bit of humidity so i changed the substrate up and it's just about you know paying attention to your animal um and i've had like i've had i've tried a lot of few a lot of substrates um and i've tried like really bad substrates and like i remember when my bearded dragon got impacted um and luckily she was fine but it was this horrible substrate that's like my mum bought it me because um, I wouldn't have gone and bought it but my mum bought it me because I ran out of sand and I was like hey, I'll use it for now but I need to change it um, it was this like black sand it's calcium sand and calcium sand should just not do... I've heard of this I don't so... know why places sell calcium sand it's not got enough calcium in it to even be beneficial and two the grains are so big the grains are so big that they get impacted and I know this because my bearded dragon got impacted from calcium sand and I know she hadn't like she hadn't had like she hadn't shot in like a week and I was like getting stressed. I was like, I have not seen a single poo in a while and I'm getting kind of worried. So I put her in the bath, like a warm bath just to relax those muscles. And she like shot immediately, but like all the black sand came out from like the black calcium sand as well. So it was clear that she got impacted. Um, she was fine. She just needed like 
to be put in a warm bath, but I changed the sand immediately because I was like, I ain't risking this again. Kelsey sand is just so bad. Don't do it. Um, but yeah. So for, for so what as you're keeping a uh, raw python right now. So what are you doing for them at the moment? So what's your your like stats for that? So your light temp, your humidity, all that. Um, I have so I've actually invested for the first time in a um, what are they called? It's like a it's like a thermometer thing that you plug into the actual light and it. Oh, like... a um, Rio stat. Yeah, like I've got one of like the happy stat ones. Um, and just because I was like, just so I can just have that confirmation that it's like at the right temperature, yeah. and then um, as it's getting into the warmer months, I'm kind of so I in winter I had it to like set to like twenty five, um, and then I'm, I've kind of lowered it to kind of twenty three as it's getting a bit warmer. I feel like we should explain what a Rio stat is. So. A rheostat is something that you plug into your heating element that then plugs into the wall and it will tell and you can set it to a specific temperature. And so the idea is it doesn't go above or below what you're setting it to. It kind yeah, of averages it regulates out. that temperature specifically. So it might like dim your bulb or it might turn it off for a bit, yeah. turn it back on um, when, and you know, it regulates that temperature and keeps it constant. Um, which is always like a good thing to have because um, it just stops you like having to worry about it. Um, so I have one of those for the first time, which is really helpful. And, um, I, I have, I have him in my old bearded dragon setup, which is actually like, it, it's, it's a little, it's quite long and it's actually quite tall because it was pre, my dad built it because my bearded dragon loved climbing. So we built a taller one so that she could climb. I don't have my bearded dragon anymore. So I've got Pablo, my snake in it, but he actually loves it. Cause like what I've done is, um, so in terms of his substrate, I've got him on this uh, mix of like. I think it's it's like it's a bark i don't know if it's cork bark and like this um like cocoa soil um i've got him on a mix of that because i found like i've, I've realized that like stuff like um so like that kind of saw bedding that kind of like um um like it's like literally like wood chips I yeah think, like wood yeah. chip the really light wood chip stuff is like terrible for like especially bearded dragons and not bearded dragons fucking ball pythons because it's so dusty and they're so like it's really dusty and really like gross for cleaning and it doesn't hold any humidity and that dust can kind of cause them like respiratory infections and stuff and i just like was like i don't like this like this is not a good it was just what my, i think my parents because my parents had to look after him for a few years whilst i was at uni and so that was what he was just on because that's what they had access to so i've changed his um substrate now and it's so much better it looks nicer because it's this nice dark brown yeah. kind of very natural kind of look and he's this very light kind of like snake so he just looks gorgeous in it um but also you can tell he likes it so much more because it holds a bit more humidity it's not super dusty it's very easy to clean oh yeah so it's it is native to yeah western central africa it lives in grasslands shrublands open forest that's the thing i was talking about is um open forest you can find them in and that's what i've tried to kind of simulate with my setup so i've got this kind of like almost like forest floor like soil with wood bark um and i've got um like a few like fake plants in there a water bowl which i do want to upgrade because i want to get a water bowl big enough for him to sit in um but the problem with a lot of like reptile bowls is they're never big enough they're also really expensive because you need a heavy one for a snake so it doesn't tip it over so i'm gonna get just like a big dog bowl instead 
Because um, I think that's what most people resort to because this reptile bowls are not big enough and too expensive. <laughs> get a dog bowl, get a ceramic dog bowl. They try to charge that extra bit for the speciali- specialization on the fact yeah, that it's a just reptile. Yeah, to make it look like it looks like a rock. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> he doesn't care if it looks like a rock. <laughs> that's just for me. Um, and so, like, I'm going to get him, like, a big dog bowl that he can sit in. Um because you can only get like half of him in the bowl at the minute um and so and i've got this um but the thing that he really loves the thing that's been making me really happy about his setup at the minute is i've got, I got this really big um like big stick of wood it was like a really large one you kept trying to climb his bulb i've got like a cage around his bulb that's another very important thing to remember with snakes always have a cage around your bulb because they will try and climb the bulb and you do not want to peel your snake off of your bird snake off of a bulb always have a cage around your bulb no matter what I would recommend that. I recommend that for any animal, to be honest. Well, you could go for a heating mat, right? You could go for a heating mat. I tend to prefer bulbs just because they're a bit more of an intense heat, and it like it creates it simulates kind of the sun spot. as well, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it kind of simulates the sun, and also like the snakes don't necessarily need like a UV bulb. Um, a, a tiny bit of UV won't do any harm, but I have my snake near a window, so I feel like that's kind of like he gets kind of that like daylight anyway. Yeah. Um. So the good thing about the bulb is it also lights the enclosure. I think heat mats, um, I, I think heat mats are good for smaller enclosures and smaller smaller snakes. Um, but I often find that just not quite powerful enough for like a big enclosure. So I tend to prefer to go for a bulb. So this is the end of part one. See you in part two. We've been allowed to use this music from free to use music on YouTube. The person who made this music is called Milky Wavers. Feel free to go follow them on SoundCloud. Thank you for listening. Bye.